On the Record with Gavin Riley. Brought to you by PwC on News Talk. Joined now in studio by Sinn Fein spokesperson and Enterprise and TD for Dublin Fingal, Louise O'Reilly. Um, Louise, you were listening to Minister Roger Gorman uh, offering what sounded like a qualified declaration of support for Pascal. Well, it sounded Donahue. very qualified. Um, you think so? I do. Uh, I do. Um, I think the the minister was um, slightly less than uh, effusive in in his expression of confidence. Uh, he appeared to have a bit of confidence, maybe in in what Pascal Donahue had said last week. But then when it was pointed out to him that that actually wasn't correct. He then said he didn't hear what he had said in relation to 2020. That's stretching credibility a little bit. Uh, I would imagine if I was Pascal Donoghue listening to that, um, I would be less than impressed um, at that uh, that, that display of loyalty, to be frank. Uh, Well, is it not reasonable that Pascal Donoghue, now now that he has apparently identified some issue with 2020, and Sinn Féin has been arguing for uh, full and frankness from, from the Minister about what he's uncovered, and you called for him to expedite his statement last Thursday because you wanted to hear from him as soon as possible. Um, if he is spending the weekend going through everything with a fine tooth comb so that when he makes his next disclosure that it's as comprehensive as possible, is that not completely fair enough? Oh, another comprehensive disclosure uh, to go with the other supposedly comprehensive disclosures that have been comprehensively disclosed. It's all getting um, a little bit tedious with the drip, of inf- drip feed of information at this stage, to be totally honest with you. I think um, what's important here is that, you know, we need to remember that this was pointed out to, the, to Pascal Donoghue in 2017, he did nothing. It was pointed out to him again in 2022, in November. He did nothing. In fact, he went back to the media who were making queries about it and said, nothing to see here. I have checked my records and all is in order. And then we have uh, a statement in the Dáil where he didn't answer any questions. He made two statements in the Dáil. He spoke, op- he had an opener and then he had a summon up statement. He didn't answer uh, any of the questions. And I mean, it wasn't just Sinn Féin, although we are the, the largest party and we lead the opposition it wasn't just Sinn Féin that were deeply frustrated. Other members and, uh, and other opposition parties were also deeply frustrated with the minister's response. So, you know, again, we hear from his spokesperson, um, Peter Burke, on Thursday night on primetime that the minister's going to come out over the weekend. Yet there's no sign of him. Mm. Um, we're led to believe that he's going back over his records. But, you know, you have to ask yourself before he came out to say absolutely nothing to see here. Everything has uh, everything has been addressed. Why he hadn't gone through those records. They're not difficult records to fill out. It's a fair simple set of forms um, well, they're, and it's they're not, not but if if, if in 2020 is like 2016 where spending was incurred that he wasn't aware of and that you have to take him at face value and if he says he wasn't aware of it at the time then then you have to take that at well, face he value signs, He signs it's a statutory declaration he signs it so I think it is up to the candidate themselves to be aware of all of the donations and I'd be honest with you right putting up posters is a big part of the campaign my posters are put up by mm. uh, party members by family members um, and by volunteers who do it in their spare time but you've never used is, commercial service to put it up in there? Never, never. Um, it is, uh, it, it's a big part of the campaign. It's something that you would, I find it stretches credibility to say that you wouldn't have a notion who was putting up the posters when there's lads in branded vans mm. with high-vis vests and hard hats in the middle of the day. Um, I mean, the minister seemed to know enough when he said he, he understood it was done in the middle of the night. But then uh, then when the pictures emerged that it was being done in the middle of the day, then Pascal Donoghue mm. had to admit that in fact that maybe it was done during the day, during working hours. 
um, these people were were working for Michael Stoner. They were paid by Michael Stone, a man who has subsequently, and I'm sure it's not related, but he's subsequently gone on uh, to get millions in government contracts, fair play mm. to him. Um, but these people but were you, in a brand that, van. That, that's an innuendo. You can't say that there was any link between him being a donor and him receiving government I'm contracts. I'm not suggesting that there is. I'm saying that uh, th- these two things happen to be a fact. They were people who were working on his behalf um, on Pascal Donoghue's campaign. Uh, it was a donation to uh, Pascal Donoghue. It was a corporate donation, as I would see it. But the minister needs to explain why uh, he thinks that this wasn't a corporate donation or how the figures that he has given stack up. I mean, Mary uh, Fitzpatrick was very, um, you know, she was very clear in her returns. You know, mm. there was a, there's an amount for erecting posters, an amount for taking down posters. That comes to €4,920 is my understanding. Mm. Um, and the Minister, Pascal Donoghue, expects us to believe that he, as the line minister, with responsibility for SIPO, um, can get it done for, I think Roisin Shortall was the, the woman that used the phrase, uh, mates. Mate yeah. But that's not what SIPO demands. Well, SIPO demands the full commercial value. Mm. And it's very, very clear in the legislation. Mates rates are not an option. You do, There's no form, there's no section on the form where you just tick the, tick the box to say if it's mates yeah. rates and you got but a you, you have to disclose deal. What, the, what the commercial service full commercial value of that value. service is. And I don't believe that, uh, that Pascal Donoghue has done that as yet. Well, I do I do want to hear no. more from him, but I want to hear it today. I mean, his spokesperson was very clear he was going to be out over the weekend. Actually, his spokesperson ne- never said that, in fact, actually. I, I don't know why uh, or what, what impression was given by people. Peter Burke, but a spokesperson for Pascal Dunne who has never said who was going to be out. Well, Pete, so I'm, I'm sorry now, but but I'm I'm classing Peter Burke as a spokesperson for the government uh, who said that he'd be out over the weekend, mm-hmm. and he said that on prime time. But there's no sign yeah. of him. But I mean, the weekend is is not yet over, no, so he not. still has time today. Uh, and this time last week, we didn't know he was going to be speaking on Thursday on Sunday afternoon, <laughs> so you never know. Um, for the record, um, Pascal Dunne, whose campaign says that the personnel organised by Mr. Stone erected around 150 out of approximately a thousand posters. So, would the amount that's been given in that instance then that would seem like a tally? that if like if you say Mary Fitzpatrick it's, it's, put up five grand's worth if, if that, really, they put up 15% really not, of his amount it's not credible that they were doing two polls um, an hour I mean lads with vans hard hats uh, and, and equipment were doing two posters an hour um, so if it's six personnel and the van was used for 10 hours you just don't think the sums add up they really don't. I mean, Pierce Doherty invited uh, Pascal Donoghue to, to go and get a ladder and see how quickly they could put up posters. Um, I mean, lads with the, the hard hats, they, they certainly looked like uh, they were working in, in, in or around the construction industry from the photographs that I saw. Mm. Um, I would find it absolutely incredible that they uh, wouldn't be able to put up more than two posters or do two polls per hour. I think they were doing two posters per poll. Two polls yeah. per hour. It, it stretches credibility to the point of being absolutely farcical. Um, does Sinn Féin have a moral right to ask for such clarity uh, from Pascal Donoghue when we saw letters yesterday that were obtained by Fine Gael under Freedom of Information um, when Sinn Féin went to try and disclose to SIPO that there was seven grand's worth of polling elim- uh, removed or f- not disclosed in its 2020 returns that SIPO then wrote back and said that there were still difficulties with the totals for some of the categories and that there was a situation where the numbers that Sinn Féin were providing quite literally did not add up. Okay, so we are fully compliant with SIPO um, as was uh, outlined the error that was made was made. It was it was due to COVID and people working from home. But this isn't something that we had sought to hide. We publicised this mm. poll. Um, all of our TDs, I can't remember if I did, but I'm, I know that a, a large number of our TDs um, and candidates at the time and indeed the, the party itself yeah. would have publicised that poll. This is not something that we had sought to, to keep hidden in any way, shape, make or form. It was a simple oversight and it has been rectified. And, you know, I mean, we are now, uh, we are fully compliant with uh, with all of the SIP 
type of yeah. rules and regulations as we should but be. But you've been contradictory the, about how it came to light that the party denied originally that it came to light as a result of queries by a journalist for the Irish Times and said that this was something that was discovered belatedly. But the important then, thing is I think that when it was brought to our attention it was addressed but when we go, if we take this back to Pascal Donoghue this matter was brought to his attention in 2017 he didn't address it it was brought to his attention again in 2022 mm. he didn't address it and now he finds himself in the uh, in the eye of a storm a storm that is entirely of his own making he could have come forward he could very simply have just addressed these matters in 2017 um, if there is a simple explanation I think we're, we're you know we're due that explanation we're entitled to that explanation what I don't understand is why we're still talking about this now what are we mm. nine ten days on from when the Phoenix first broke this story yeah. we're still talking about it simply because he has not cleared up and clarified matters and if he does that in the Dole on Tuesday then what next well, let's see what he has to say on Tuesday. I'm still waiting to hear him come out over the weekend, as Peter Burke had uh, has indicated on primetime that he would be willing to do or come out in advance of Tuesday. So he has time, you know, as you say, this time last week, yeah, uh, we, we were unaware of the one. hastily convened press conference. So there may yet be another hastily convened press conference. But I would urge the minister to be absolutely upfront in his dealings about corporate donations and uh, about what he has received and the full commercial value of that work to mm. him and to his campaign. Uh, I am just checking my, my inbox just right this moment and I can just confirm that as of this moment anyway there hasn't been anything arranged but of course if that changes between now and one o'clock we will let our, our listeners know. Um, in the meantime Louise on a separate front there's been a lot of conversation in the last uh, eight or nine days or so about the experiences of women in politics. This all kicked off by five TDs who anonymously contributed to a piece by Jennifer Bray in last Saturday's um, Irish Times. Then we had um, Holly Cairns who spoke to myself and some colleagues uh, on the group chat on Virgin Media on Wednesday night. She also spoke to Pat Kenny on Thursday and then was on the Late Late as was Nasa Harrigan of the Green Party, all discussing some of the criticism that female politicians receive, which is not just discussion about current affairs or issues with your political stance, but rather sort of venomous sort of correspondence that they get above and beyond anything that any male TD might get. Um, how prominent an issue is this? And do you think this, this has a genuine risk of turning women away from getting involved in politics? Well, I really hope it doesn't turn women off getting involved in politics. Um, I do want to say the vast majority of people that contact my office are looking for help. Right? The, aside from the round robin emails that we all get, the vast majority of contacts that I get are people who are desperate for assistance and, and we do help them. Second to that would be people who have something positive to say. I'll be frank with you. People who want to say maybe they like a policy or they mm. you know, they, they might see it in the media, whatever. Do they do that? Because yes. I, I genuinely have never I known TDs on, on, to say they're overwhelmed by compliments. Well, I'm not saying I'm overwhelmed by but, them. I'm saying the vast yeah. majority that come in are people looking for help the next category it would be something people who have something okay. um, positive or, or neutral to say and then you get the, the negative stuff and um, and that's the stuff that I think that you know that's the stuff that you remember right you don't if, if people give you 20 compliments you won't forget them people give you say something one nasty thing that's the thing that stays with you I think you know we're in danger of maybe trying putting women off coming into political mm. life and for my part I think the only thing that is really fundamentally going to change this is if we actually have more women in public and in political life I think that that by mm. having more of us there um, we, we have a we have a fighting chance of being able to uh, to change this That's but kind of made harder to achieve though by their and I'm not saying that this is this is an unfortunate consequence it's certainly not the deliberate intent but it might be harder to attract more women in when we start openly discussing what they're likely to face if they get elected. But then on the flip side, if we start openly discussing this and we, you know, we are front face and not just the women in politics, but also men in politics as well, that we all come out and say, look, we're having a zero tolerance approach to this to make it safe for the next generation of political leaders to, to come forward and come through. I think that's really, really important. But there is a difference between a small difference, you know, and I'm very conscious of the fact that my colleague Martin Kenny has had his, his home 
attacked you know, around his home. And, you know, we need to be very conscious that this comes sometimes off the internet and into real life mm. and it can be bloody dangerous for men and, and for women. But I think, you know, when we, we talk about it, there's a difference maybe between the, the abuse that men receive online and, and, and the contact that they receive and women because there is that sort of it, it's it's somewhat sexualized when it comes it can be somewhat sexualized um when it comes to uh, to women so you will have in addition to the, the threat of maybe physical harm you might have someone say to you that, that, that they might add on the, the threat of rape or they say you know they might say well we know where you live or we know we know mm. where your house is and and stuff like that and Has that, that happens to you yes people have included that sort of explicit threat to you yeah yeah um and I mean I'm I'm conscious but I don't see a lot of this I use like a massive amount of filters on social media I mute and I block uh, very, very quickly and very liberally because I, I just I don't want to see that. I don't want to be put off doing my job. I love my job. This mm. is a great job. It is the honour of my life to do this job. And I try to ignore this to the greatest extent possible. But then sometimes it comes into to real life and you, you do. But as I say, I, I had and I had said this to, to your colleague, um, to, to Zara yeah, did. previously. You to my colleague Zara yeah, King and, and, that, and, that, and that, that, that we, I had been advised to the Oireachtas um, of, of a threat that had happened. So on foot of that, I have upgraded security in my home. Now, I mean, it's six one and a half a dozen because sometimes I'll, I'll tell myself, well, I was going to do that anyway and they're not getting the better of me. But on the other hand, it, it really did um, spur me on to get the, the you know, um, additional security measures at home, additional locks, all that kind of stuff. And, um, you know, maybe that's something we should all do. Maybe that's not just for politics. Maybe everybody should be reviewing mm. their security. But I, I did but, on, but if, on it, if it's prompted by... Yeah, yeah, and, and that it, that gave me a bad feeling to have to do that, you know. And I'm, um, I mean, I'd be, I'd be tough enough, uh, but it does get you, um, sometimes. Um, but it's as I say, like it's it's not the majority of contacts we get. The majority of contacts we get is just normal people looking for a bit of a hand with something, and you help them out. Um, but I wouldn't like the access that we have to our politicians and that my constituents have to me. I would hate to lose that. Mm. I don't know. I don't know that it's absolutely unique um, uh, to this state, but it is something that we value and when you go abroad and you see how other politicians travel how their security is how distant they are how distant they are from their own constituents we don't we shouldn't lose what we have in terms of that but that means that we need to be upfront and honest about it and I think what's happened in the last uh, number of weeks is that women have actually come forward and said it doesn't make me weak to say I'm afraid of someone coming round to my house of course it doesn't it doesn't make any of us weak to say I don't want someone coming round uh, to my house it doesn't make me weak to be uh, to to, to hear some of the stuff that is said about me and to admit that yeah some of that stuff does uh, some mm. of that stuff gets to you but I would also say to any young woman that's listening and well, thinking of getting into political I, 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 life I didn't want to ask you that to, to, just to try and finish on a slightly more positive note what would be your advice to someone who is contemplating running for public office at the next local elections or the next general election whenever it is and would think then twice because of what they've heard you and Holly and NASA talk about Come and talk to um, one of your local TDs if you're um, as I say my constituency there's only one uh, woman TD if any women uh, listening in Fingal who would like to get into polit- political life if they want to talk to me I'd be more than happy to speak to them talk to people who are doing the job it's a, it's a small aspect of the job it's important but if there's more of us I think we will be able to actually mount a, a challenge to that we need more women we need, we need more diverse 
um, politicians. We need more diversity in our parliament. That means we need more women. We need more people with disabilities. We need more travellers. We need more uh, people from ethnic minorities. We need a whole rake of different things to happen. But we do need more women in political life. And I would encourage any woman who wants to get into political life. I want to say to her, we need you. Um, We absolutely do. And if you're thinking of a career in politics, it's a good career. It's a decent job. It's a rewarding job. Talk to somebody who is in political life and, and try and figure out if it's for you. Okay, on that note, uh, Fianna Fáil, or Sinn, excuse me, God, I'm already thinking about the next item. Uh, Sinn Féin's Louise O'Reilly, the only female TD, one of the five TDs for Dublin Fingal and the party spokesperson Enterprise. Thank you very much for joining us. On the record with Gavin Riley, Sunday morning at 11. Brought to you by PwC. Great minds think unalike. Different skill sets, diverse opinions, it all adds up to the new equation. On News Talk.